Hi, everybody, and welcome to another True Stories of Tinseltown. And I am thrilled today to have my friend, April Vivian, and she is known for her blonde bombshell um, expertise. But today we are handling a gorgeous brunette, Vixen, what, what femme fatale, uh, Ava Gardner, one of the most beautiful brunettes that ever hit old Hollywood. So thank you, April, for coming, and thank you for talking about a brunette. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me, Grace, as always. I just love working with you. And yes, we're, we're tackling our first brunette. I've been on a <laughs> fair amount of episodes, and we've never done brunette before, so it's new territory. Very new territory, but if we had to choose a brunette, this is a brunette of brunettes. She's... Oh, there's a lot of very interesting brunettes, but I did a show on Hedy Lamar with her um, biographer, but I've never done an Ava show and you like Ava as well. I, I do genuinely love Ava. She's just, she's something. She really, she, she's one of a kind. There would never be another Ava. So I guess we start at the beginning and then we will progress to her quick um, pretty quick turn to going to Hollywood. Yeah, perfect. Um, Ava was born December 24th, obviously Christmas Eve, uh, in 1922 in Grabtown, North Carolina. And I'm going to be honest, I have no idea. So, um, so I have absolutely no idea where that town is, but I'm assuming it's very small. Uh, Ava was the youngest of seven. Her parents were Mary Elizabeth and Jonas Gardner. And Ava is one of the few people who actually kept her first and last name, you know, from when she, what she was born with, I should say. Um, it's a glamorous they, name, though. Come on. Ava Gardner. Oh, Total glam. It, Oh, and you could just imagine, like, in her southern accent. Oh, it's perfect. Yes. Um, but she grew up, uh, they were a religious family. They were Baptist. And she grew up on a tobacco and cotton farm. Her parents were pretty poor, but, you know, they, they were tenant farmers. Um, unfortunately, they did lose the property. And her dad, Jonas, got a job in a sawmill while her mom, Mary, worked as a domestic, like, helper in a dormitory for teachers. Um, discovering that they weren't really going anywhere, you know, with what they were doing, they decided to move to Newport News, Virginia, uh, when Ava is seven years old. And unfortunately, when Ava is 15, her dad, Jonas, becomes sick and dies pretty quickly. Um, her mom really isn't able to support, you know, the family in Newport News. So they move back to North Carolina in a little town called Wilson. Um, her mom, again, she's still working for a teacher's dormitory. She, you know, cooks and cleans. She's basically a domestic helper. Like the boarding house kind of thing for the teachers. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, Ava graduates high school in 1939. She's doing reasonably well for herself. She enrolls in Atlantic Christian college and in new, uh, 
let me back up. Ava's sister has a sister named Beatrice, and Beatrice decided to move up to New York where she married a man named Larry Tarr, who was a photographer, and Ava decides to visit them in 1941. This is Bappy, uh, right? This is the one she yes, calls Bappy. Yes, Bappy. Yeah. Um, Larry takes her photo, and he thinks that the photo is so gorgeous that he decides to put it in his shop window. Well, lo and behold, a man named Bernard Duhan is walking by, you know, Larry Tarr's photo shop on Fifth Avenue, and he is a part-time scout for MGM. He sees Ava's photo, and he runs into Tarr's photography studio and begs for Ava's contact information, which they don't give him. So he's kind of in a huff, and he says, well, you need to, you know, pass on to her that she should get in contact with MGM and he gives Tar's uh, receptionist MGM's contact information. Beatrice and Tar decide to give it to Ava ASAP. They call her up and Ava goes up to New York again and she has a screen test with MGM. Now, as we obviously have established, Ava was raised in the South, and she has an extremely thick Southern accent. Um, you know, supposedly she can barely speak, you know, and people can't understand her when she does. So they film her screen tests on silent film. It's just her walking around. There's absolutely no noise in it. Uh, Louis B. Mayer sees her screen tests, and he supposedly says she can't sing, she can't act, she can't talk. She's terrific. She's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, uh, you know, she's uh, she's going around you know, they MGM sign gives her a contract. They sign her or Ava signs it, I should say. And she goes out to Hollywood in 1941 with Bappy in tow, right? Yes. With Bappy in tow. Bappy is basically her chaperone. It's kind of like Scarlett O'Hara, you know, uh, Bappy agrees to be your chaperone. <laughs> they live together. Yeah. It's, uh, and she left her husband. They divorced. They, she they did. Yeah. Yeah. They divorced, but she, at this point, she's, you know, she's going with Ava and she's like, I'm going to supervise Ava because Ava's mom had asked her to go uh, because it was thought Ava needed a chaperone. And I guess looking at Ava's life, she kind of did need a chaperone. Yes, yeah, she did. Ah, uh, but you know, Ava gets on the lot and Mayor instantly puts her in with a voice coach so that she can lose her Southern accent. Now she never loses it completely, obviously, but it does get toned down quite a bit. Um, so, you know, Ava's going around, she's doing her thing and kind of like Sharon Tate, Mayor has no idea what to do with Ava because she can't sing, she can't act and she can't talk. <laughs> So, you know, she he's putting her through really rigorous lessons, especially to get rid of her accent, you know, with a voice coach. And Ava's, you know, going around the MGM lot and she meets Mickey Rooney. Now, I cannot emphasize enough how popular Mickey Rooney was at this point. Right. He was huge. He was the moneymaker for them with Andy Hardy films. They cost so little to make, and the returns were millions and millions and millions of bucks. He was like a big superstar to them and to the girls and, and to other people. They loved him. 
Exactly. He's, you know, he's just, he's extremely popular. I don't think we even really have a celebrity that was at his caliber for young people today. I can't think of anyone to compare him to. Um, But, you know, she meets Mickey Rooney. Mickey is absolutely smitten with her. And if you look at Ava, you can see why, obviously. And Ava's, you know, just kind of sitting there and she's like, wow, you know, this super famous guy is into me. Um, You know, Ava obviously wasn't someone who was super appearance driven. Uh, That's mean, but Mickey Rooney was a very difficult person. Yes. Um, But, you know, Mickey is sitting there and he's, you know, he basically wants to propose to her instantly. He wants them to get married. And Ava's mom's like, eh, no, you you should wait until you're, she's 20. Um, you know, and so Mickey's like, okay, okay. They obviously do not wait. And on January 10th, 1942, Mickey Rooney marries Ava Gardner. She was 19, now, right? She was. She had just turned 19. How old is Mickey? 22? Or 21, yeah. 22. 20, 22, I think. Uh, or he might be turning 22 that year. So, yeah, he'd be 21, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, Mickey, you know, takes her out on a honeymoon and he spends basically their entire honeymoon at the horse tracks. And playing golf. And playing golf. Um and then that after they get back, it would escalate to he was cheating on her, um, which I don't know how you could cheat on Ava Gardner, but that, that's his business. Um, and Ava's pretty, you know, pretty devastated, which I can't say I blame her. Um, she does get work. Uh, yes, her first, he was, he, she was a virgin when she married him. That was her first love. She was, and she's, it's extremely understandable as to why she felt the way she did, Mm -hmm. basically rejected. Um, You know, so she sits there and she focuses on her work because, of course, newspaper columnists are like, oh, you know, this starlet's going with him to become famous. You know, they're they're really pushing that angle. Um, You know, Mayer was worried that the Andy Hardy films would stop being successful because, you know, would it be believable with a married Mickey Rooney that it obviously didn't affect the popularity of the films, but that was a legitimate fear as well. One thing I want to say during uh, their courtship, Ava was really shy and through Mickey Rooney, that's when she started, you know, drinking, you know, to get her comfortable and to feel, you know, not like such a hick or whatever. She went to nightclubs with Mickey and she started drinking to keep her you know not be so shy to make her more open to everything yeah and you know Ava talks a lot about I shouldn't say a lot but she talks a fair amount about alcohol in her autobiography and she does you know push this you know point of view that alcohol was the social standard I mean if you wanted to open up you would have a drink right and I believe that's Uh, true you know, and it, it definitely is, especially for 1940s and 50s and the, back in the 30s. I mean, that that's just, you're right. That, that's what people and do. And especially in that kind of business. And Mickey is so gregarious. He's been in the business forever. And, you know, he wants to show off his hot babe and they go to these clubs and she, you know, she needs to relax because she doesn't feel it. She feels inferior. So she starts drinking and they start having fights. Driven by alcohol early on. They do. I mean, 
because he's not a saint, obviously, when it comes to his drinking either. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he drinks pretty pretty heavily, um, you know. And you're right; they they start having fights. You know, they're they're just they're not compatible. No, she calls uh, him a midget during some of the fights. Yeah, because <laughs> Ava, I think, was five six, and Mickey was five foot two. I think I, I post a picture on my thing where they're dancing and it's just really cute. But she, you know, when she got mad, she really would, you know, and I'm sure he said nasty things to her. She, she would say very nasty things back. She could hit, hit you where it hurts. That's for sure. You know, no one can accuse Ava of being, uh, you know, shrinking violet. No, I mean, definitely not. She is definitely somebody who she stands her own. Um, the marriage is incredibly short. Uh, uh-huh. You know, it just it doesn't work out between the two of them. And while she is divorcing Mickey, Howard Hughes starts coming around. Gee, that's shocking. You know, who, uh, does, who doesn't he miss this creep? You know, if you're in the 40s, there, there's not a lot most of them he's after um howard hughes starts coming around of course howard hughes is incredibly eccentric um you know and after uh ava's divorce from mickey is finalized she still goes out with mickey occasionally yes and they still romp you know they still have you know little romps love romps they they do it's just you know they're they're happily divorced right exactly Um, but Howard Hughes eventually catches wind that Ava is still going out with Mickey. And she would remember in her book one night she went to bed after going to dinner, you know, with Mickey. And she woke up not too long after she had, you know, gone to bed. And Howard Hughes is standing over her and absolutely furious. How creepy because- that must be. That must have been yeah. one creepy moment. Yeah, no, uh, Bappy had actually let him in the house. Yeah, because she was pushing that romance big time. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, it's Howard Hughes. Yeah, but gross. Uh, Who doesn't he? No, most definitely. Most definitely. He he got around with everyone at some point, it seems like. Uh, But, you know, Bappy's pushing it. He, she let him in. um, And he's standing over Ava's bed just looking at her. And she says to him, well, let me go put on a robe. So she go, you know, you go downstairs. I'm going to put on a robe. I'll join you for a drink. She goes downstairs. He pushes her into a chair and starts beating her face. Wow. And she was how old now? She 21? Yeah. She she would have been 20. Yeah. 20, 21 at this point. Um, he's, you know, just beating her face. And she gets up. She gets away from him and he turns around and she chucks a iron bell at his face and hits him in the temple with it. Oh, she's like, he didn't die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. she said like what the town crier used to use. So I mean, it must have been pretty heavy. Um, so she throws it at him. He passes out. And he is bleeding all over. She then goes and grabs a chair and she was going to beat his head in with the chair. <laughs> That's a riot. She just wasn't done. Yeah. Cause no, what... she, she said she was going to kill him. Yeah. Uh, and her maid and Bappy came in and her maid screams out Ava 
Ava, stop. And that was the first time her maid had called her Ava instead of Miss Gardner. Miss so G. She did. I think she called her Miss G. Bappy. Yes. Reenie. Reenie, yes. Yeah. And so she stops, obviously, and he goes to the hospital. He has six doctors, and she fondly, it's not really fondly, but she would recall that all she had was her maid who gave her steak to put over her black eye. <laughs> I didn't know that he was violent with women. I had never heard that before. I knew he was obsessive. I mean, he'd stalk them. He'd wire their homes and he'd have 24 hour guards on them. Like the creep he is. He was, he was a weirdo that Howard. One thing I know they had a relationship. Uh, I don't know what it was, but I, I, do you think she ever had sex with him? Um, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, she had a 20 year thing with him and he was very persistent. I wouldn't be shocked if they slept together. I don't think it was a lot though. No, I I don't think so either. And Howard's behavior is very hard, like to go upon because he was stalkery and weird with everybody. Mm -hmm. It's kind of hard to gauge, you know, if they did. And that's why he was obsessed. But regardless, he apparently beat the crap out of Ava's face and she almost killed him with a chair. Did you ever hear of him beating anyone else in any biographies of all the women that he was staking? I'm sure if he beat Ava, he must have beat somebody else up. But You know, I, I've heard that he could manhandle. Yeah. Um, you know, not... To the extent of what happened to Ava, but I mean, like pulling women out of restaurants if he didn't want them to be there, he he would do stuff like that. So I wouldn't be shocked if it was escalated behind the scenes as right. well. Um, the main thing with Howard uh, that most people know or should know, I should say, is that he was a control freak. It was probably part of his OCD. Um, he was a horrible control freak on everything he did. He was a very very obsessive person. He had you know, just apartments all over Los Angeles with starlets in them. Yeah, it wasn't like Ava was the only person. He was like everybody, everybody, anyone, you know, he ended up marrying Jean Peters. And, but I was reading about him having Ava at Lake Tahoe. And then Jean Peters had another cabin on Lake Tahoe too. And they didn't know that the other was there. It's just like, ew. Yeah, and he would do that. It it was very, very odd. And he would get, I don't know how he kept everyone straight, to be honest with you, because he would get very obsessive with these women and he would follow them for years, you know, and he could be very generous. You know, he had gone after Gene Tierney. Gene obviously rejected him and was with Cassini. But then when, you know, Gene has Daria and Daria, you know, is very very ill she was born with many um many uh medical problems because of when gene that horrible she found out how it happened that horrible woman wanted to meet gene and she had german measles and gene was pregnant and unfortunately um that's why daria was born with so many medical problems that it really put gene in a, a horrible funk that's for sure it, it did. And Howard pays for her medical bills. I mean, he'll, he'll do horrible things, but then he'll try to make up for it. And he, uh, he's just a very odd duck. Anyway, 
Ava, you know, says you would think that after, you know, she hit him in the head with a bell, yeah. he gotten the message. <laughs> and instead, he came back three weeks later after his face was healed up <laughs> and starts pursuing her again. And that relationship would last for another 20 years. Unbelievable. Um, you know, that's just, that's how he was. Um, at this point, Ava's career, 1942, her first film was We Were Dancing. She obviously had filmed her very small role in 1941. She plays in roughly 20-ish roles until 1944 when she plays a very small part in Three Men in White. And that is the first time that her name is actually put in the credits. She's credits, yeah. Yeah, so th- three years that she was under MGM, and they're basically just using her as, you know, a piece of decor until 1944. But then they really don't do anything with her. And it's not until five years after she signed her contract that she does The Killers, and she plays Kitty Collins. But isn't um, the first one she did was Whistle Stop with George Raft? Yes, she does whistle stop with George Raft. Um, but the killers really like launches her to superstardom. I Big say. time, and she and uh, she was so beautiful in that. And my goodness, wasn't was that Burt Lancaster's first film as like starring role or big film? Yeah, yeah, and it's just it's an amazing film. I, I mean, love she that even film. Used- she even used a publicity photo from the film on the cover of her book. Um, she's just, she's absolutely gorgeous. And like you said, she plays Kitty Collins and, you know, during that time when she's doing the killers, uh, about when filming began, she had separated from her second husband, Artie Shaw, whom she had married in 1945. Now, Artie Shaw had previously been married to Lana Turner, um, and Artie had a very bad habit of going with really beautiful women that he considered to be stupid. He was such a creep, really. He he really was nice looking, but a, a creep. A big deal, you know, making them feel just totally stupid and what kind you know i'm gonna marry these beautiful women and you know stomp on their self-esteem times 200 that was sort of like his goal and it was funny that first it was uh, lana because he got lana but he was also seeing judy garland and betty grable thought she was gonna marry him and then he goes with ava i think ava was what his fourth wife something like that he had an eight or nine yeah, and he was lovely with all of them, I'm sure. He was a what he was a clarinetist, right? He was a a yep. band leader and a, a clarinetist. Yeah, no, he he was a clarinetist and he was, you know, just a very mean person. That that's the main thing that people get from Artie Shaw. Um, but you know, when they're married, Ava wanted to have a child with him. Do you think she you really know? did? You know, she talks about in her book and she says that even, you know, when she wrote her book, which would have been, you know, in the late 80s, that she still thought of having like what would have happened if she had had a child with Artie. What a nightmare that would have been. Oh, yes. Can you imagine? Yeah. Absence must make the brain grow. Yeah, you know, no, delusional. She, she could never have had a child with Artie, and he didn't want children, right? I don't think he ever had children with any of his wives. He had a couple with the later wives, but none with the forties, you know, starlets he's going with. Um, 
Anyway, but he's, you know, sitting there and he basically tells Ava, you're stupid. You are uneducated. You need to become cultured. And Ava in her book would actually thank him. She, you know, basically said, well, yeah, he was a bastard, but he made me more educated and he introduced me to Hemingway and, you know, without knowing about Hemingway's work, what would I have talked to Hemingway about? Also, you know, he, um, she ended up going and taking courses, uh, mail-in courses, college courses as well, but none of it was good enough for him. And what, the thing that kills me is she was reading Forever Amber. Want to tell him about that? No, I'll, I'll let you do it, Grace. I, I feel bad. You do it. Oh, uh, well, for he, she was reading Forever Amber, which was like this hugely popular novel, and it was going to be made into a big old movie. And he didn't he rip it and said, how could you mm-hmm. be reading this trash and, and ripped it up on her? And the irony yep. is once Ava and he divorced, he ended up marrying the author of the book. Yes, and Ava was pretty bitter about that. I don't blame her. I, I don't either. No, she she does talk about that in her um, in her book and like the irony of the situation, which is very, very true. Um, her marriage with Artie would only last one year and one week. Wow. How um, did it finally end? What was like the icing on the cake? So actually what ended up, this just shows how cold Artie could be. Ava thought they were going to reconcile with each other. Um, she thought that they, you know, would work on their marriage. They're living apart um, in 1946, but he asked her to come down to his office, which she agrees to do. And she goes down there. She said she made sure that she was extremely, you know, fixed up, that she looked very, very pretty for him so that he would just, you know, fall in love with her all over again, basically. And she goes down there. He barely looks at her and he says, do you mind if I go to uh, go to New Mexico and get a quick divorce? And Ava was absolutely devastated, but she keeps her smile on and she just says, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's horrible. He was, uh, everything I've ever read about him is that he is he was incredibly mean, just yeah. horrible. He had to hate women really i don't think he liked them he married a lot of them but just because you marry women doesn't mean that you don't kind of loathe them too you know he just didn't have respect no not at all and she you know she like i said she was absolutely devastated but she says yeah sure she said that she remembered her life crumbling before her eyes when she heard him say that so she must have been what 24 23 yeah just a baby just a yeah baby. she she would have been 23 and she's, you know, just, just like you said, she's just a little baby and she's not doing well at this point. Um, but she and Artie became friends and she, you know, spoke up very, very highly of him, you know, in her book, which was quite shocking. If she you ask did. me too. And also in uh, her, uh, um, her, her maid's book or maid companion Rainey's book. She was surprised how nicely Ava spoke of him. Yeah, I, I don't think I could do that, but she she did it. Yep. Um, so Ava's, you know, sitting there, she's divorced from Artie. She's, you know, working 
really hard on her career. She does The Bribe in 1949, The Great Center, East Side, West Side. Uh, one of my personal favorites, Pandora and the Flying Dutchman. I have never seen that. And now that I've read the description of it, I'd love to watch that movie. It sounds fabulous. I did not know yeah. the whole scoop on that. But I want to say that she did not, she had an affair during The Bribe with Robert Taylor. And, you know, then it ended, whatever. And she she then worked with Barbara Stanwyck. Robert Taylor and Barbara Stanwyck were still married at that time in East Side, West Side. And Barbara, she had to have known because she she just, you know, they, re, they only really had one scene together and it was like a meow, meow scene. And, um, you know, Robert told her he wasn't attracted to Barbara anymore, whatever. And, and he left. They divorced pretty soon after, but I, that's what I've read about everyone who even dated him. Barbara really uh, could be wicked to them. So she really did. I don't know what, but, you know, they say they had a fake marriage. I don't believe that they did. You know, I don't believe that either. Um, I think a lot of people like to say a lot of things, um, but I don't get it, you know, because it. There's no evidence to prove. When I see all these things, I mean, you're not in the bedroom with these people. You do not know. So I, you know, I really felt they loved each other at one point. She was older than him, too. Um, and I don't know, but that she loved him. She still had his picture up when she was dying. She had his photo in her bedroom. So um, and she never remarried. Anyway, back to Ava. I just wanted to put that in there just to say that Ava did still have her affairs and with married men. Like, like yeah, Lana. No. She kind of followed she... in Lana's footsteps. Lana, everybody that <laughs> Lana had been with prior, uh, Ava kind of went that way. But I do love Pandora. And she never had a thing with uh, Robert, uh, what's his name, my friend, James Mason. Yeah, no, she um, she definitely makes the rounds. And like I said, she's pretty honest about that in her book. Mm -hmm. um, and then in 1951, she gets married to Frank Sinatra. Now, this was, this was like the scandal of the decade as far as Hollywood scandals. People are furious because Frank has left Nancy. They're going around saying Ava's an adulterer. And three tykes. He left his three children as well. And, mm -hmm. and Nancy was going for, for blood. You know, she really was going for blood for, for Frank at that point, which you, you can't blame her. But, you know, they married so young and all that stuff. So I, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, it's very complicated, you know, relationships they had. Um, and Ava is pulled into the middle of it. People go on, oh, she's a femme fatale. You know, she just likes to break up marriages for fun. Oh, she got ugly letters, horrible things. Yeah, she, she really did. And I mean, but Ava genuinely loves Frank. Big time. And you know, you know, and Frank's marriage with Nancy, I would say, was over, you know, a good deal before Ava actually came onto the scene. It's just Ava is what was the catalyst for him leaving. Right. I agree. Um, you know, and so she gets married to Frank. She absolutely loves Frank. And then fights with Frank make the fight with Howard Hughes look tame. Right. 
they they um, they were like the rock'em sock'em robots of classic Hollywood love stories. I mean, they just loved, and then they fought, and they both had these horrible tempers and jealousy up the wazoo, and it was just. And Frank was also in the lowest ebb of his career, so he he was. Yeah. Um, it's not so that that's a great point because Ava sits there and she goes up to bat for Frank uh, with Harry Cohen. And she says, you need to cast him in here to eternity. You know, she, she really advocates for Frank. Frank obviously gets cast. The movie's released in 1953 and he wins an Oscar for it. And his career is boom, boom, boom. Completely the, revived. Right. He's selling out, um, Las Vegas, he's selling out all over the country. But prior to that, she was making Mogambo. And Frank came to visit her. And uh, she had gotten pregnant. She She's very free to admit this in her book. And, and she had an abortion before Frank got there. They flew her to England. And Frank did not know about this. And then... She got pregnant again when Frank visited her, visited her. And I think he might have known. Did he know about that one? And she got another abortion. Yeah, she had another abortion. I don't think she told him about either one until she got in a fight with him and she brought them up and mm. he was devastated. Yes. Um, you know, and like you said, she's very open about this stuff in her book. You know, and she would say about Frank, you know, that she loved him. She thought he was great, but like they could barely care for themselves. How could they have cared for a child? And they're fighting. And then on the upswing, you know, he'd go to these places and, you know, it's so creepy, though, when you think he was at the top of the hill as a Bobby Soxer, then he couldn't get arrested. And then he makes one good movie and everybody, you know, starts kissing his feet again. You know what I mean? It's just such a, a fickle, fake business, you know, mm -hmm. a world where all, all of a sudden Frank is Mr. Thing. And you wonder, you know, because Ava would throw up to him when they got drunk as well, that she had to support him and, you know, whatever. They, they were just mean. They said horrible things to each other. He tried to commit suicide, but not really, you know... Not, not really. You know what I mean, yeah. right? They were like half-hearted, if even that. You know. Yeah, I would say like not hearted at all. But like yeah, five percent. Yeah, five percent hearted. Um, no, but you're exactly right. And I mean, they just they have a horrible relationship, but they really love each other. I mean, they're one of those couples. They love hard and they fight hard. Yeah, they love uh, each other, but they can't live together. They can't live without each other. They can't live together. It's just horrible. It, exactly. So Jane, or Jane, oh goodness, <laughs> Ava, can see where my brain's at. I know. Ava goes uh, through, um, and in 1954, she starts uh, filming The Barefoot Contessa. And, of course, that is a movie that everyone should see. It's based, you know, loosely on Rita Hayworth's life, but actually has more to do with Ava's life than Rita's. Yeah. Um, Ava said know. she really related to her. 
Yeah, and I mean, you can see why, you know, and just, and even little details, you know, obviously the barefoot Contessa runs around barefoot, and Ava loves running around barefoot, you know, and the barefoot Contessa has these really fiery relationships, and so does Ava. I mean, it's really and like she, Ava's Yes, life. it is, and Ava didn't care about status, whatever. She would have an affair with like a gypsy troubadour or something like that. She just didn't care. Exactly. Know? So, you know, she, she's feeling that in 53, she goes off to Spain. She's just, you know, and Frank's just kind of like, what's going on in my life? Um, you know, but she's sitting there, she's going around, she's living her best life, I guess we should say. And, uh, you know, this is really the beginning of the end of her relationship with Frank. Um, you know, she, she's kind of realizing, you know, I love this man, but we're not really going to work out, but they go on for another three ish years. And then they finally get divorced in 1957. Um, she does remain friends with Frank. In fact, when she was, you know, sick towards the end of her life, Frank did pay for, um, her to go on a private plane to a hospital states because she was living in england Mm -hmm. he paid for her go to the united states and go see some top specialists and you know supposedly ava said well i can afford this but you know if he's going to foot the bill i'll take him up on it well he was always he they had many attempts at reconciliation um but it would only last a night because then they'd get right back to where they were and fighting and jealousy and throwing things in each other's faces and um, the thing was, you know, could you imagine? So he was at the lowest step when they had the relationship. How would it have been if he was at the highest step? It wouldn't have been any different because women be throwing themselves at his feet now, whereas they really didn't. And they were just doomed. And that's they loved each other, but they were doomed. They, they had the, she said they were too much alike. Exactly. And that's exactly what it is. They are too much alike. Um, But, you know, Ava, she keeps on working. Um, She makes the sun also rises with Tyrone Power. Again, highly recommend that one. Um, It's based on the novel by her Ernest Hemingway, obviously. Uh Um, You know, and she she keeps on working. She befriends Ernest Hemingway. She spends a lot of time in Spain. She's going with, you know, bullfighters. throughout the 50s i mean she's living this really glamorous life um you know especially on the continent she's just she's doing her thing but she goes you know she goes out every night and dances and gets drunk and does her thing and then she gets up in the morning and starts her day fresh as a daisy (laughs) and then the night i mean she was a she loved to go out and drink and dance and have fun. That's who she was. She she just loved it. And she touched the flamenco. She got totally into it. And uh, she loves Spain. Yeah, she she did. She's, you know, she's, I don't, I can't even imagine it. You know, I mean, she's just, Spain is like her homeland. You know, it totally fits her. Um so, you know, she she does the work. She has a movie come out, you know, almost every year between uh, 1954's Barefoot Contessa and then 1964's Night of the Iguana. Um, and Night of the Iguana, I really, you know, want to focus on because people, it stars Richard Burton. And, of course, it's 64, so he is with Liz Taylor, the Cleopatra 
I don't even scandal. That was like the big, big scandal. I mean, it, yeah. it made Debbie and Eddie look like nothing. And it, the Vatican denounced <laughs> them and they weren't married and they were, they were, but Elizabeth um, went there to be with her man and all through it, they were saying, who would he go for? Would he go for Sue Lyon, who was Lolita a year or two before, or would he go for Ava? And he didn't go for either. He was with Elizabeth. He didn't want to go with either. But, you know, they had to make all that stuff up. It's fascinating, it's, that movie and the whole backstory. It, it is. And Ava would say, you know, about the stuff, you know, between her and Richard, you know, you can see why I hate the press. You know, that that's one of her quotes from her book. And, you know, she talks about how she looks at Richard as basically being like a brother to her. You know, Richard is a lot like Ava, and I don't think there was really attraction on either side, no. you know, from them. No. You know, he's all wrapped up in Liz, and of course, Richard Burton could be relatively grumpy man, we'll just say that. Especially because he drank a hell of a lot, and he was hungover. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, you know, he does he gets along very, very well with Ava. And I can't say that I'm overly shocked by that. No, and know? I thought I, they, they were, I thought all the cast was really good because they had, um, it was, uh, Richard and Elizabeth, Peter Vertel, I believe. I don't know how mm -hmm. to pronounce his last name. Deborah Kerr's husband. They were a couple there and he knew Ava very well. Also, um, John Houston was there. Tennessee Williams was there with his boyfriend. Um, everybody, Sue Lyon was there, and then her boyfriend came. Then the truck, the guy who drove the bus, his girlfriend was um, two Hollywood, you know, thirties, not so big stars, but she was there. And Ava was really the the lone squaw. You know, she didn't have a partner. She didn't have someone going with her there. No, and she, um, luckily she did have, um, luckily she did have um, John Houston as her friend, although there were things about him, but, uh, you know, you're, you're right, she's, she's kind of on her own for the first time, but of course that, that doesn't last mm -hmm. very long. Um, you know, Ava's sitting there and she meets this the, let me just back up the film was filmed in mexico and how uh houston wanted everybody to live down there but houston would insist on filming you know every scene in order so even though ava wasn't involved in the movie until about 40 minutes in he made sure that she was there for you know the entire filming process um but you know ava's sitting there she's going around mexico she has a bit of a thing with a guy down there who supposedly beats her mm -hmm. she moved um, him in with her they saw him yeah her up and treated her like dirt he was much younger than ava at that time in 64 what was she like 35 or something 30s oh she was born 22 so she was yes she'd be she'd be 42 because wow. her birthday's in December. right and she was John Houston had to kind of um, talk to her because she was feeling insecure. You know, she was getting the bags under her eyes. She wasn't waking up, you know, just rare and ready to go anymore. You know, the mm -hmm. the alcohol was starting to take a toll on her. 
And she was not as thin as she liked to be. And when she had to go into the, the beach, into the water with the beach boys that she had in the film, um, she was supposed to go in a bikini and she was like, I can't do this. I can't. And he said, well, just go in your poncho and your, and your Toreador pants. And that was it. And it was fine. I thought, I thought that was one of her best performances ever. I just really loved her as Maxine. Yeah, no, I I absolutely agree with you. I think she is beautiful in that movie. I do too. I think, I think she is absolutely stunning. Her hair, just in that ponytail with little bits coming out. I think she is gorgeous. I agree with you. Yeah, no, she she looks absolutely fabulous. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, she's sitting there. She does Night of the Iguana. You know, as we said, she she has her dude that she moves in. Um, she's doing her thing. Um, they break up, obviously. Ava kind of wisens up and they break up. Um, but in 19, I did want to bring up this one, 1966 comes along. So, you know, like a year and a half, two years later, and everyone is hearing whispers about a film called The Graduate. Now, of course, we all know The Graduate has Dustin Hoffman and, uh, Anne Bancroft in it. Mm-hmm. And Anne Bancroft plays Mrs. Robinson. But according to director Mike Nichols, Ava was going around saying she wanted the part of Mrs. Robinson. And so Nichols agrees to, you know, meet with her, even though he has no intention of casting her because he considers Ava to be too old at 44. How amazing. Yeah. Anne Bancroft was only 36, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, he, so he wants someone basically though, almost 10 years younger than Ava to play the role. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Ava, you know, meets up with him and she goes, the first thing, you know, I'm going to tell you is I'm not stripping for anybody. Um, you know, and she, she definitely does struggle with aging, you know, in Hollywood in the late sixties, they really turn their back on a lot of the ones from the forties. Look at Rita Hayworth, all of them. They were just, and they weren't kind. It was pretty, you know, it's like you're an old battle axe and, and, you know, let's get out of town, get out of Dodge. You're battle axe at 45. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah, no, Lana Turner, you know, and Jean Tierney both really suffer from it too. Lana Turner and Jean both do stage shows. Um, you know, they, they go on to do some off Broadway work as well as Broadway work. Um, you know, and that's really what they're having to focus on because Hollywood turns their back on as they, you know, start embracing the hippie generation. Totally different times. Um, you know, so they're, they're definitely dealing with that. And in 68, Ava's basically had enough of it and she moves to London and she will live in London until she dies. I want to bring up one thing that we didn't mention. Doing oh, yes. the Bible and George C. Scott. So she did, she formed a relationship with George and George is difficult, I guess. I, I don't... I don't know if it's so much George is difficult as much as Ava's difficult and they become difficult to try to deal with George or try to deal with George, try to deal with Ava. Well, they were both huge. He actually, George was on the wagon. He was a horrible alcoholic. He was married to Colleen Dewhurst, who I liked a lot as an actress and had a son um, who was an actor too later on. 
And he had been on the wagon. And when Ava met him, she said, oh, we'll get him off that. So she got him off the wagon. And he started drinking like a fish with Ava. And he had this explosive temper and, you know, whatever. You know, then they would have the fights. He beat the crap out of her. Um, so much happened between them. Even Frank Sinatra was going to bring people to break his legs or whatever and it, it <laughs> and he he followed her into london followed her and then it finally ended but that was a very tumultuous relationship and ava let's just say that before she left london she had pretty much worn out her welcome in spain she was getting to the point where it was not fun drunk you know once you in your 20s and 30s you can kind of deal with it but a 40 going to 50 year old drunken woman and bring party people home they did not like. And once she urinated in a hotel that she was staying at, um, pup in the, in the, in the, um, like the reception area. And that was that. And they kicked her out. And then, you know, she was just sort of persona non grata. They wanted, you know, get lost toots. We don't want you here anymore. Yeah, no, she, she's just, she doesn't really do well in the last, really almost 30 years of her life you know she sits there like you said she she wears her welcome in spain they look at her like you need to get it together right you know and she really retreats to her home in london and she does continue to work um she's famously an earthquake uh her last you know but her last major film role is 1964's night of the iguana you know, that's really her last film that uh, of note and she's like the yeah. star in it. Right. Yeah. She uh, was in Earthquake. She was in The Sentinel, which is a really scary 70s movie. And she was in, geez, another one. I'm trying to think of it, but I can't. Uh, and then she went on to Falcon Crest and stuff. But she was basically, you know what? I felt for Ava. Yeah, she lived her life. And she did have regrets about how she lived it. And she lived, she never remarried after Frank. And she would have, you know, her her flings here and there, maybe lasting a year, maybe lasting a night, maybe lasting that. But she never found that love. Why? What do you think? I, I don't think she was equipped for it. You know, I think that Ava needed somebody to take care of her, but she was an incredibly just naturally difficult person, you know, very headstrong, and she would not back down to save her life. No, and she drank way too much, and the older she got, the worse it got, and she got meaner and did, you know, it's just... She drank. I think the alcohol was the problem in so much of her life. And I think in her later years, she felt very lonesome and very reflective upon what she had. And she said, I had a lot of fun, honey. But there was there was definitely a reflection on things that she might have had or didn't have. Um, but as she moved to London. I know she, yeah. she had a, she did a movie with Anthony Franciosa, who was married to Shelley Winters at the time. And um, they had some fling and Shelley showed up. <laughs> that was the end of Ava. Um, but basically, Ava had her dogs. 
and and when did she have the 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 thing? She had double pneumonia. She did. She had a lot of health issues. Um, she it really culminates though in her strokes in 1986. She has two strokes in 86. Mm-hmm. Um, you know she um she just her health just isn't great. And, you know, I think that she's somebody too, like she really didn't want to continue on either. No, you know, and she kept smoking and she knew she shouldn't keep smoking and she'd still drink, uh, but not to the extent she used to drink. And, um, she had her maid, this nice woman who lived with her and they would walk the dogs or whatever, but she, you know, she couldn't move her arm. She knew she, or, you know, she really reflected on her lost beauty, which comes, you know, we, we can't all be, you know, beautiful. She, her beauty lasted a very long time. And I still thought she was beautiful, even as she was older, because I just thought she was. But I also, part of me feels sad for Ava, that she never really got, she always was looking for love, but she never got it. Yeah, and I just, I don't, I think she needed, and this sounds so cool, but I think, you know, on certain things, she needed to love herself. And she did You know, and I think that she very much sat there and she thought, you know, everything was going to continue. I mean, she really did look good even in the 80s. Yes, she you did. Know. She was on what, what? She was on Falcon Crest, I believe, or one of those shows. Yeah, she did not land landing. Yeah. And she had a whole story arc on there. You know, that's an 85, 1986. She makes her last movie. It's a TV movie. It's called Maggie. I have personally never seen it. I've never even heard of it or seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Those But I mean, she's still working everything. Um, But after Maggie, she has two strokes, you know, she's paralyzed. And on January 25th, 1990, she passed away in her home in London. How old um, was she? She would have been, let's see, she would have been 67. Yeah. So not very old. She died at home? She did. She died at home. Um, didn't just really wasn't having a good time. You know, she had fallen like a year and a half before she couldn't get herself up her she wasn't discovered until her maid found her you know she just she was in pretty poor health and I think at that point you know because I mean really 67 isn't old no it isn't no you know and it's like I think at that point she really had just given up um but her body was flown back to the united states she was buried at sunset memorial park which is in smithfield north carolina uh it's where her parents and siblings are buried and now they have the ava gardner i'd love to go there so would i that's like a bucket list stop yeah i really want to go there my sister lives in uh she moved to south carolina or does she live in North Carolina? I don't know one of those. But one when I go the down there, I'm definitely going to go. I don't know how long it'll be, but I definitely want to go to Ava's thing. Another thing I wanted to say, which was very kind, before Ava died, she always had corgis. And she had a dog she loved so much. And she said she asked her maid, will you please, please, please make sure you take care of the dog when I die? I don't want him to go anywhere because he loves you and you love him. And the woman's thinking, well, what am I going to do? But she said, yes. And the 
Gregory Peck and his wife took the dog and the maid to California and gave her some work and and kept the dog. And they were great friends. Ava and Gregory never had any romance. They did a few films together. But I thought that was really good of him to do for his friend. Yeah, I think Gregory Peck's just one of the nicest people to have ever lived. I, I, I just think he was also so gorgeous. And I I just adore him. Um, and he did a lot of really kind things. And he loved Ava. But, she, you know, they, she said and he said they were like brother and sister. Mm-hmm. And I I believe that. I do, too. I don't think they ever had anything going on. And um, Charlton Heston was funny with her. Uh, <laughs> he didn't like Ava very much. But tough. I don't know who Charlton Heston liked. I was going to say, I don't think he really likes anyone. So. I know. I don't th- he doesn't seem like a jovial type, you know, Felice no. Louis Dunn or anything. But she did. She died. She, but she lived her life. Um you know, as she wanted, she, she she did. She lived her life as she wanted. She lived a very full and exciting life. She broke a lot of heart way. She got her bro- heart broken a lot of way. But overall, I think she really did, you know, love her life. I believe overall she did. But I think in the end, she did have, you know, she she was nostalgic and um what you know just kind of thinking back and I, I think it must have been pretty lonely for her to live all those years without you know any but then look she never lived with Frank how long did she live with anyone I don't even think she lived with anyone for a full year so she was just another one of those women who I guess just wasn't meant for that yeah you know and I think that's a great way to put it she's just someone who really wasn't meant for that but she gave it a hell of a try and I love her. I think she's fabulous. I like to see her in movies. And I have to see Pandora and the Flying Dutchman after I read all about it. Well, I've been rereading because I read Ava's stuff, you know, a few years ago. And I've been rereading it. And I definitely have to see that movie. It sounds fab. Yeah, no, highly recommend it. I, I love Ava's work. You know, people criticize her abilities as an actress. I think she's fabulous. I do too. I think she's very good. And she, you know, no, she's not whatever. She's not Betty Davis, but that doesn't necessarily make it a bad thing. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. I think Betty Davis is a little over the top. Sometimes underplaying is is a good thing, you know. But I love Betty Davis. Don't get me wrong, anybody out there. I don't want anyone to say anything that I don't love Betty Davis. I do. Anyway, April, my goodness, we got through Ava in an hour. And I didn't I think know. we would because she has I, some kind of life. It, it did. And I think, you know, I think we did really, really well. I do, too. And I hope you guys think so. And hopefully you learn a little more about that lovely, beautiful, femme fatale brunette, Ava Gardner. She is gorgeous. And April, once again, you did so wonderful on a brunette. We must do another brunette sometime. <laughs> well, yes. No, we, we've opened the floodgate. Thank you so much, Grace. You are uh, so welcome. And as always, it is wonderful to be on the show with you. And I greatly enjoy you and I just love you so thank you for having me and I just love you and I have so much fun when I do because I told my friend I said I'm doing a show today and he said with who and I said with April he said oh you're gonna have fun I said, yep <laughs> <laughs> I'm the fun one yeah, well I love it because it's so easy you know it's just mm-hmm. really fun so I want to thank you so much 
And I want to thank everybody for listening. And till next time, bye, everybody.